In today's show, we're looking back at Tuesday in the NBA. Shea Gildas-Alexander came back. We had injury news for Kawhi Leonard. We had big performances from undermanned squads, and we also have Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There's only the four games on today, so we're going to talk about those games. We look at the waiver wire, players added, players dropped. We look at some injury update news as well. Did a full preview show for Wednesday's games earlier today, so make sure you go check that out. And uh, we'll get into talking about some news. So, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Miles Turner, he's back. Maybe. He's listed as questionable. So, if he's not back tomorrow, he'll be back really soon. And what they do with Isaiah Jackson and Goga Badadze will be very, very interesting. Somebody is going to not play. Is it Jackson, which would obviously destroy all of us that drafted him? Or is it Goga, who's probably outperformed Jackson? Now, they have been starting Jackson, but very interesting to see what Carlisle does. Or does he run like a 13-man rotation and annoy us all continually? That's probably more likely. I don't think Turner's going to have a massive impact on um, on sticks. Jalen Smith. Who's been really good lately. But having Turner there, let's see if it shores up their defense and what other impact that has on the rotation. In troubling news, Maga Porter Jr., after playing in a back-to-back, is now popped up on the injury report questionable for lumbar spine injury management. There was a clip going around, I think surfaced by Andy Bailey, of a play of Porter going in for a drive, seemed to grab at his back a little bit, winced somewhat. We hope there's nothing going on there. This was the risk with Porter this season is like... This is you know, multiple back surgeries, three, I think it is. And is it going to just go again at some point? That was what the fear was. That is why he was, you know, I, I thought he was too high in the 50s. You know, getting him in the 70s or 80s was you know, why it's so much lower than what his actual per game value probably dictated. We don't know whether he'll be out. If he's out, then Aaron Gordon gets that boost. Jeff Green gets a boost. Probably helps a lot of guys downstream as well. Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, all get some extra minutes coming in the bench. Davon Reed probably gets a little bit of extra playing time as well as they slot some yeah, more guardy type lineups out there if Porter does happen to miss. Um, two not good ones. Devin Vassell, doubtful with knee injury. I would imagine that Josh Richardson starts in place of Vassell, and that means more minutes for Josh Primo, and maybe we see Malachi Branham in the rotation. Don't panic with Vassell, but it's not ideal. While Rogier is doubtful, so another game to use Dennis Smith. And yes, if you've got Dennis Smith, you start him on Wednesday. He's good enough to generate those defensive stats. He's going to have a lot of usage. He's going to be good enough, RIP some of your percentages, but he's going to be good enough counting stats-wise to use him on Wednesday if Rogier, along with Lamelo Ball, who is out, if Rogier is in fact out, which is what the expectation is. 
in LA. Russell Westbrook is listed as doubtful with hamstring soreness. Cue up whatever conspiracy theory you want. It's pretty it's pretty convenient to me that when all the noise is he's got it, this bloke's got to be out of the rotation. He's got hamstring soreness now. Um if he is out, I would expect Austin Reeves moves into the starting lineup and eventually, if it is the end of Westbrook in, in LA, that Schroeder takes that position next to Pat Beverly. But if Russ is out, then it enables Lonnie Walker to get a little bit more usage. It enables Pat Bev to get a little bit more usage. It enables LeBron and AD to get a little bit more in terms of rebounding as well. So you think you hold Westbrook, but Jesus Christ, barely. Barely. We'll see what happens. But as I said a million times, the de- minute downside is zero for Westbrook. And this might be it. This might be the beginning of it. Kawhi did not play today. He had some stiffness in his knee, apparently. He was already allegedly, well, not allegedly, they said it. He was scheduled to sit out Thursday already. So he's not going to play Tuesday. He's not going to play Thursday. Now, there is so much that's weird with this to me for Kawhi. This is 16 months removed from an ACL injury. And unless your name starts with J and your surname starts with I and you allegedly play for the Magic, 16 months post ACL, you're fine. You're ready to go. After 13 months, 14 months, you're playing full minutes. He's playing 20 minutes a night and now sitting with all these regular scheduled rests that aren't back-to-backs, which again, there's no reason for us to expect that he would just be so poor or so behind in rehab. Maybe he's not. I, I, I Honestly, I can't really explain. And I know it doesn't behoove them to rush him into big minutes. They don't need to. Although, they got spanked today by the Thunder. We'll talk about that later. And they lost their last game. So maybe they shouldn't be so cavalier with, I oh, will just cruise through, because maybe they don't. I'm not saying you should risk his health, but this is far and beyond any sort of ACL recovery that's not Yokai in Orlando type scenario. It's just so far removed from that. And getting stiffness, which is allegedly what's happened. I'm not, I'm not blaming Kawhi. I'm not blaming the Clippers. I'm not blaming the medical staff. But it's weird. It's weird that this is happening at the moment with his knee. Again, every indication. Remember last year, oh, maybe he could come back in place in the playoffs if we make conference finals. And that was an idea because it would have made sense based on timeline. It would have been like 12 months removed. And you get it. Here we are 16 months later and getting stiffness and not ready to go. It's pretty frustrating. But don't be frustrated when you're hiring for your company because you can do it easy now at LinkedIn Jobs. It is the easy way to get the best qualified candidates available. You have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. What you do, you go in there, you set up your job your job posting. Easy. Then go in, add the hashtag purple hiring frame to your profile, and that lets people know that you are, in fact, hiring. That's what hiring would mean. So simple tools like screening questions, they can help you eliminate, cut the, what is it? Separate the wheat from the chaff. Get rid of the garbage, bring the good stuff in so that you don't wasting your time on applicants that aren't going to suit what you need, whether that's skills or experience or whatever. LinkedIn helps you do that. Small businesses rate LinkedIn number one, LinkedIn jobs in delivering quality, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's... Look at the waiver wire, the most added players over the last 24 hours. I don't know which show I said it in, but I said to you, I bet that the most added player is going to be Bol. And it is plus 40% for Bol Bol, 
who is dominating at the moment. But there are a couple of things to look at here. Bold Bowl's best career block rate is 3.9 blocks per 100 possessions, an extraordinarily good number. He's at 8.1. Right, so for me to tell you that his blocks are going to come down is absolutely a guarantee. It is not going to stick at 8.1 per 100 possessions. I'm t- it, it, it will not. He's also shooting 65%. It will not stick around that level. I think he's at 65. Maybe I'm making that number up. Nah, I don't think I am, but I know he's shooting at a crazy level. The thing I'm looking at is what is the role? And people love Bol Bol almost as much as they love making memes out of Taco Fall. And people want to talk themselves into a lot of stuff with Bol. I'm, I'm not saying that not to add him, right? Because he is the 81st ranked player. Because he has a uh, yeah, he's 65% shooting, 2.8 blocks in 16 minutes. Hasn't registered a single assist or steal. He's averaging 10 and 5. It's all on the back of blocks with high field goals. And it's going to come down. It's going to come down. Um, but people talking, oh, do you think there'll be a minute split with him and Wendell Carter? Like, no, I don't. Will he cut into the minutes of Franz Wagner or Paulo Banquero? Absolutely not. He will take minutes away from Chumura KK. And he has taken minutes away from Mo Bamba. But despite all this dominance, the most he played was last game where he had 9-10 and 5 with 4 blocks in 20 minutes. And I think that probably tops him out. And unless you think he's going to continue to go at whatever his per 36 blocks is, like something crazy, he's about 7 per 36, which he won't, then he turns into like an 8-5 and five with 1.5 blocks. And that's sort of okay. So grab him, try it out, see what happens. Probably more for 14-team leagues but I get everyone wants to make something out of him. Just be aware that what he is doing has literally no basis in reality of sticking. Same with Precious Achua. That is a big, big, big chase. It's a big chase. Last game he had 22 rebounds, therefore I'll add him. If Scott Barnes plays, Precious will play like 21 minutes and he still is bad at scoring, not a big steals or blocks guy, gets no assists and is bad at both percentages. So people saw the 22 rebounds and went, let's go. Love it, love it, love it. Like, if Barnes is out, he's currently questionable. Precious is useful, like, as a back-end guy. But you don't need to rush to grab him, I don't think. Especially with 10 games on. I would much prefer Big Dick Nick Richards, who was up 26%. But as I've said, ad nauseum with Nick, if the fact that he had a 20-9 game on 100% shooting meant that Steve Clifford still played him six fewer minutes than Mason Plumley, then I'm not all that convinced he's going to overtake Plumley anytime soon. And he might have 7-4, and four, with a block in 18 minutes next game, we go, oh, what was the point of that? Just be prepared for it. Not a bad ad, though. I don't mind that ad for Nick Richards. Larry Nance up 20%. A lot of that was streaming for today with Ingram, Zion, and Herb out. He's looking really good. And he is impacting Jonas Valanciunas in a pretty big way. Trey Mann up 18%. Well, that was a great stream because we thought Gideon and Shea were going to be out. Then Shea came back. I actually bent... I had Trey Mann, and I benched him in my games limit locked on fantasy basketball because I want to preserve that game. And he went crazy anyway. He's fine to keep holding for now, but I don't think it's going to last. Trey Murphy up 16%. Great ad. Absolutely fantastic ad. I would hold him. I think he's really good. I think I think there's a real shot that considering the limitations of playing Valanciunas, Herb, and Zion together, that we could see his minutes pull even with Herb's. He's a very good defender, and he's an unbelievable shooter and offensive player. I think he should be on 12-team league rosters, Ken Murphy. Royce, Royce O'Neal up 14%. Look, Sure, no worries. He's not doing what he's doing. I'm telling you now, he's not. It was on the buy low, sell high. Like, you're going to be disappointed if you added him expecting. It's just, it's not going to stick. It just won't. Assured. I'm assuring you it will not stick. Go with it for now. No problem with it. That's what streaming is for. And then Reggie Bullock up 12%. 
Uh, yikes. But it was the right move because they've got the four quality games this week. He's got starters minutes. The problem is he just did nothing with those minutes. On to the most dropped players. Some pretty obvious ones here. Mo Bumba down 20%. Shocked it took this long. Alexei Pokushevsky down 16%. Easy drop. Very easy drop. Um, Ivan Fournier down 16%. Why the hell was he rostered in that many leagues? See you later, Ivan. Kevin Herter down 14. That's a bit panicky. Although, again, I think his upside's relatively limited. And it's just one of those guys that we talk about all the time. You can find threes on the wire. KCP or Kevin Herter or Malik Monk last game or Terrence Ross or any millions of guys that we've seen rise and fall and rise and fall. And Herter's another one. And he's going to have hot and cold games. And the upside's really low. The pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnsy. He's down 12%. Good. Get rid of him. Malik Beasley down 10. Another one of those guards for threes. Drop him. Derek White, while he was hugely added, chased his big game. Shit game. Drop him. I think that yeah, he's probably a 26, 27 minute a night guy. Most nights, he's fine to hold, but he's also equally fine to drop. And then the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso, down 10%. Keep quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Yeah, it's a pretty easy drop for me for Caruso. Caruso, I don't think he's worth holding. And that is all that waiver wire action. There was a lot of it. Let's look at the first game of the day. It was, old mates, the Detroit Pistons. They took on the Washington Wizards. The Wizards get the win pretty easily. The Pistons are just actually terrible. And I know that everyone places the blame on Dwayne Casey, and I do too, but I am not that convinced that Troy Weaver is as good as everyone thinks he is. And I will continually say that. Like, this team just shows nothing. Like, what do they show? They're bad, man. Let's talk about them. Boyan Bogdanovich, well, I guess the sell high still in play. 25 points on 62% shooting. He is going to cool off. He's hitting over 50% of his threes this season. He does nothing else. Three rebounds and one assist. So when that falls, and it will, he will fall. Um, the value is going to fall away. Well, the big fella, Elf Stewart, the Flaming Galar. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. 27 minutes, 13 and 10. Solid enough. He's probably still a fringe 12-team league guy. This line from Jaden Ivey is basically what I thought we would get from him. 11, 2, and 4 with two steals on 40% shooting, and he went 50% from the line. This is why I thought he was a last-round pick. He's probably going to struggle to be inside the top 200 early on, and maybe he figures it out later. The problem was, is that the way he started the season, he was blowing up. He went, oh, shit, got this wrong. And then the last couple, we're starting to see that efficiency fall away. He's 92nd on the season. I still think he's worth holding, but this is fully expected to see these numbers start to fall away. A lot of people panicking on Cade Cunningham, Cade Cunningham, and I understand it. 19, 3, and 3 with a steal. Shooting horribly still, 37%. He did have 33 usage, but I'd like more rebounds, more assists. But he had 3 and 3 in like the first half and then didn't get a rebound or assist in the second half. It's a massive buy low opportunity. I thought Cade would take a step up. I thought there was more minutes, more usage, more efficiency coming this season. And I had him as an early third, late second round player. And so far, I look horribly wrong on that. He's 111th for the year. It's been really bad. I, I own that. Like I, I expected more from him. But I also don't think people, oh, he's a fraud. He's useless. Should drop him. He's never going to get it figured out. Like, okay. The fact that I'm seeing those reactions mean that you absolutely can buy low. And you don't have to send a top 50 player to get Kay Cunningham. You can send a top 80 player. 
because people are going, he turns it over and look at the snow threes and man, the percentage. You can get him at a very cheap price and I would, I would. Is this some of my bias thinking he's going to have a breakout and I really like him as a player? Probably, but I also know that he was a top 40 player down the stretch last season and he finished the year 53rd overall after stinking up to begin the year. So I have confidence in him. I don't have that confidence in the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, who had six points in 27 minutes. He is wildly inconsistent. He'd been really good the games prior to this and then just did nothing here. I When all these other guys, Stuart Cunningham, Ivy, Bogdanovic are taking shots, Bay isn't. He doesn't do enough in other areas. We hold him, but that's fine. Now, what do we do with um, Jalen Duran? 23 minutes. There was like two, two and a half minutes of garbage time there, but it meant he still played 20 minutes. But six and eight with no blocks is not really going to get it done. I don't think he's hit a single free throw all season either. Missed his only attempt today. Um, I'm still happy that he's getting 20 minutes. I fear that Marvin Bagley returning is going to push him back into the G League, which is going to be just nonsense for this team. They should, honestly, like, no, no offense to Isaiah Stewart. He's not the answer as a starting center. Jalen Duran is. Just put him out there. Get that vertical spacing and rim protection next to your other guys who you think are your future, and let's see what happens. But Casey won't do that. He's more likely to bench Duran completely than to put him into the correct position. So I'm a little worried about that. I think he probably still is a hold. Now, it hasn't... It hasn't first game was great. It's been a bit rough after that. But if you wanted to drop him, I totally get it. But this is one just to see if anything happens over the next couple of weeks. It most likely doesn't, though. For the Wizards, Brad Beal left this game early. Um, that's not true. Brad Beal left this game with back stiffness and then returned. But what that enabled was Fart and Will Barton to get a nice little improvement in his role. Now, Will's line is a little misleading. 29 minutes increased because Beal's absence. 16 points looks great. 15 usage. It came on 67% shooting. It's just not going to be like that. He hit four threes. He was four of six from three. He had two steals and a block. I'm not... Barton's not a top 100 player, but he's not far out of it. I don't think he's a must-roster 12-teamer. Porzingis only 25 minutes. He had foul troll, but 20 and seven. Can't really complain there. While Kuzma... Yeah, great, great stuff. 27 minutes, 25 and 6. Now, is some of that because Beal was out? Absolutely, it is. Last game, he really struggled for usage, but he was super aggressive, and I thought he was impressive in this game, as was Denny Avdia, who had 9 and 7 with a steal and two blocks. I really like Avdia with that starting group. He makes a ton of sense. I think he handles the ball well. He defends really well. In a 14-team league, there is value in Avdia. I think he should be on 14-team league rosters. Beal, just the 22 minutes, 13, 4, and 6. Love the assist from Beal that we're getting. And he had that back issue. And then Monte Morris, 9, 6, and 6. Like, I'll just say it now. This is just who Morris is. There was a lot of initial buzz once he was traded. Oh, the usage, the usage. He's not a usage guy. This is just who he is. The assists are really nice. And maybe there's a reprieve because Dillon Wright pinged his hammy. They claim it was tightness. It didn't really look like that. And that might help Morris. And I think you still want to hold him, but there's no real upside in him. As for DeLon, he only had five points, but four steals and a block. You know what you have him for. Getting steals, good shot blocking guard, and good assists. He had three assists in those minutes. But if he's hurt, then of course you can drop him. Well, Gafford is more of a deeper league player, nine and five with two blocks for big old mate, uh, old mate Gaff over there. Bet Online is your number one source for football, 
and basketball betting for these new seasons. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game over at betonline.net. It's your continued source, BetOnline, for all your sports wagering information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. What week we have for the NFL? Week 7? Week 8? I don't know, but all I know is my Dolphins are three and a half point favorites up against the Detroit Lions. Can we take them down now that two of the King is back and ready to wreck the league in his revenge to a MVP comeback player of the year season? Maybe. But you can check all those odds for the NFL, college football, basketball, everything over at betonline.net, as well as the World Series, NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Next game. The Dallas Mavericks lose to the undermanned New Orleans Pelicans. 113-111. Luka Doncic's um, game-winning shot fell short. He was awesome. 36 minutes for Luka. 37-11-7. Two threes, two steals, and a block. Luka is the number one fantasy player so far this season. He had 62 fantasy points. He's a little bit rough from the line, but holy shit. Everything else has been awesome. Finally, we got a good Dinwiddie game. 38 minutes, 24-2-5 with four threes. 53 shooting, 80 from the line. But in true Spencer Dinwiddie style, there are no steals. And he had two rebounds. The shots went in, finally. He is a 12-team league guy just because the minutes and the usage and the assist rate is there. But his upside isn't that high. And the crucifix. A couple of things here with Christian Wood. 23 points and six rebounds again. But I think we're going to see it turn. Now, I am encouraged by the fact that he played 29 minutes. That's good. But one of the reasons why what he was doing was so unsustainable was he was going at 35% usage and getting to the line a ton. This game, 24 usage. So you would think that his production would drop off. And it would have. Would have? Would have. That's not the right word. It would have. Had it not been for the fact that he shot 80% from the field. So when the usage balances back down to mid to high 20s and the shooting comes back to a normal level, this elevated production from the Woodsman is going to fall away. So he is still a sell high. Dorian Finney-Smith, there is absolutely no reason to roster him in a 12-team league. Get that garbage out of here! Well, I think he can be better than this. 4-4-2 four, four in 35 minutes with zero upside is not worth holding. And Bullock had three and five with two steals in his 35. And the 12 JaVale McGee minutes are a waste. Horrendous negotiating by that front office. JaVale, please come here. And if you do come here, I promise you can start games. So he has to start games. He plays these 12 minutes. They're pointless. They're useless. There's no need for him to be out there. And that front office has hamstrung the coaching staff with making JaVale play. I don't know if there's like, we'll start you for a few weeks. And then we'll see if you're good enough, you can hold it. Or if they said you have to start all year. Because if they said he has to start all year, they should be fired immediately. It's, it's, for a 36-year-old to pay him a three-year deal to confirm that he has to start and you're already behind the eight ball every time he's in there, get out of here. It's so dumb. Muxy Kleber, 28 minutes, 7-5 and five with two blocks. He's always a nice option for blocks. Um, and they played Compasso. I don't really know why, but they did. 13 points. Sorry, I wish. 13 minutes, three points. He had two steals. I don't really know why they bothered to bring him in, to be honest. But the Pelicans, they were without Zion, Ingram, and Herb Jones. So they rolled out a lineup of Jose Alvarado, CJ McCollum, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy, and Balanchunas. And Trey went crazy. 36 minutes for Murphy, 22 points on 100% shooting. Now that will not stick, pretty obviously. But I think he's good enough as a defender, and he's definitely good enough as a shooter to get 25 a night. And, and... There's no reason to suggest that Herb Jones has to get 32 a night. The spacing with Jones, Zion, and Valanciunas is not particularly good. 
If Murphy's in that role, well, then the spacing looks pretty bloody good to me. I don't think it's going to happen immediately, but it would make sense to me. He's a really good player, Murphy, and I think he's a 12-team league guy. Um, Alvarado had a little trip to the locker room, but returned 13-3-3 with two steals. He's a nice steal streamer, but he's not um, hes not a great, awesome option or anything like that. Not someone that we have to have um, hold as a 12-team league guy or anything along those lines. And CJ really struggled with efficiency, 14 points on 20 shots, but he did have 11 assists. Valanchunas, 22 minutes with only three fouls, 13-7 and seven with a block. Larry Nance, more minutes again. You know that I was down on Valanchunas significantly heading into this season. I thought he was going to make me look stupid again here because Zion and Brandon Ingram were out, so they'd play in big minutes and you get big usage. This is entirely worrisome. Now, he still is the 34th-ranked player for the season because he had that absolute monster two games ago, but the trend is not good. Maybe you sell high if you can. I don't think you really can, though. Devontae Graham had 14 points, played 27 minutes, and still not that excited. Well, the dustbuster himself, Dyson Daniels. First real minutes of the season, 22 of them. 11-3-2, three steals and a block. 80% shooting. Now, that's not going to stick. I loved his defensive ability. I think he's a strong passer. I don't think he's worth a 12-team ad or probably even a 14-team leg. And he's, ad, and he's most likely out of the rotation. But if I said yeah, that Murphy should probably cut into Herb's minutes a little bit, Dyson could cut into Alvarado's and definitely into uh, Devontae Graham's. I don't know whether he will immediately, but I think there's at least five or six rotation minutes available for him even when those other players return, which for deeper leagues, pay some attention to him, I think. I'm really interested to see what he's going to bring. The next game, it's the Clippers and the Thunder. The Thunder smash them, 108-94, and it really wasn't that close. There was a strong um, a strong run, about 20-0 run, I think it was in the third quarter, from the Thunder to put this game out of reach. The Zubats roller coaster. Well, actually, let's just talk about this for a second. Kawhi was out. Marcus Morris was out. Paul George was out. Three big names out. Zubats played 35 minutes, 10 and 14 with seven blocks. He goes from like 40 minutes to 24 to 21, back to 35. He's obviously a 12-team league player, and he's a top 40 guy this season. Um, but I don't feel confident about any of it. Like, I don't look at this and go, yeah, that's what Zubats is going to do. Like, 12 boards a game in 29 minutes, three blocks, 62%. Like, no, I don't think so. The minutes are all over the place. Hold him, but I can't tell you when it's going to happen. With all those wings out, we've got 21 minutes of Bob Covington, and he did the thing. 10 points, two threes, one steal, three blocks. That's what he does, but he's not reliable. Yeah, yes, hold him for Thursday because Kawhi and Morris are out, but that's it. I don't know what the hell to do with Norman Powell. Now, in every other situation, I'd look at this and go, that's a clear buy low for Norman Powell. He's not going to be this poor of a shooter. But as I have said for Norm Powell a million times, the reason he gets value is he's shoot, he shooting out of his mind. And I said, I don't know how it can stick. And then it stuck for like three years. And now the shooting is not there and he provides nothing. The reason why I don't look at this and go, well, I know he's going to be a better shooter because I, I do know he's going to be a better shooter than this, is that if the shot comes back, he might be playing 24 minutes and then I don't care. Like, the volume's not going to be enough. He gets no rebounds, assists. His steals are okay, but if they're 24 and not 30 minutes, I don't think I care. And the 348th ranked player this season, Storm and Norman Powell, I don't think there's worth holding on to him in 12-team leagues. I just don't care. There's not enough minutes there. Reggie Jackson played 30 and he had nine points. He's not a 12-teamer. And John Wall, who is rostered basically right across the board, which is weird considering he's 220th in 12-team leagues or in, in category leagues, had 12, 3, and 4. 
with two steals. And I sort of agree with holding him, but I'm still not sure that he's going to get enough minutes to be a regular contributor on a regular basis. I know I shouldn't have said regular twice then, but I'm just, I think there's a lot of name brand value. Ooh, it's John Wall. Ooh, it's John Wall. Ooh, remember John Wall? But is he actually going to play 30 minutes at any point? I don't think so. And his assist rate is way down. It's so low compared to where he's been in his career. And maybe that's a system thing. For the Thunder, Shea was ruled out and then he wasn't. 37 minutes. Now, he didn't look right. He was limping around quite a bit. But holy shit, 33, 5 and 8, 3 steals, 3 blocks, 2 threes, 50% with 9 and 9 from the line. This is all-star stuff from Shea. 56 fantasy points. Amazing stuff. I am not as, I'm not as worried as a, of a fake shutdown as others are. But I am worried about injury. Like he, he was legitimately limping around out there. Trey Mann played 36 with Giddy out and Jalen Williams out. 25, 4 and 4, 2 steals and 2 threes. A great game. 27 usage for him, 24 shots. Now he's horribly inefficient as always. But great, great accumulative numbers. Aaron Wiggins, I thought, looked pretty solid in 28 minutes, 11 and 10. I don't really care to add him, but the three steals and a block are nice. We know that we drop Poku. And Lou Dort, I've been on record with Lou Dort saying he is not a very good category league player. And I think that he has a real chance of losing a starting job to Jalen Williams at some point this season because he should not be someone you are building around as part of your franchise. I've said that a million times. And I still don't know whether I'm going to be right or wrong on saying that. But this was a time where I thought, hey, if he's on your wire, you grab him. And let's see what happens because Shea's out and Giddy's out. And then, of course, Shea came back. And then Dort had four and two on 9% shooting with no assists, no defensive stats. What he is, is a volume scorer who should never be a volume scorer who's inefficient at doing that. The fantasy profile is, is dreadful for Lou Dort. In points leagues, it's a little bit different because sometimes he just bludgeons his way there. But, like, man, that's rough. I don't think, like outside of the absence of Gideon, allegedly Shea today, that he's a 12-team league player. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be considering him as a 12-team league player. Jeng's minutes went from 23 to 10, because of course they did, while Robinson Earl was benched for the second half in place of Muscala. We're going to have Muscala, Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, Robinson Earl, Baisley, Jeng, Poku, all just mixing minutes every game. And we're never going to know what it is. So I don't think any of them can be anywhere remotely close to 12-team league players. They're just going to be all over the shop. It's going to be weird, but congratulations to the Thunder. You smashed the Clippers. Good work. Great win. Shea's awesome, and we love him. Like, that was really, really impressive stuff. Let's do the last game of the night. The Suns, huge, huge winners here over the Golden State Warriors. 134-105 was the final score. Clay Thompson was not only bad, he got ejected. 19 minutes, 2 points, no rebounds, 13% shooting. He's outside the top 150 for the season, and he's on this minutes limit. Um, Clay was getting drafted too high, in my opinion, but I still thought he could be in the 90s or 100s, maybe even 80s in some situations, but he's been nowhere near that. I don't. I think we need to adjust and, and understand that Clay doesn't have top 50, top 40 upside anymore. I would still be holding on to him. I wouldn't drop him, but dropping a player who's maybe a 90th or 100th or 85th best player because you can't wait for the minutes to ramp up and him to hit form. I, I get it. I don't, it does, it's not the end of the world. I, I wouldn't do it. I would preach patience. But the upside's not there. Draymond Green was pretty good here. 14, 8, and 5 with three steals. He's basically at his minutes. And Steph had 30 minutes, 21, 7, and 8. We talked about Andy Wiggins on the um, Sal High show. We said that he wouldn't get 
that level of steals and blocks, and, and we're right, a steal and a block here, and also that the field goal percentage would drop, 41%. So has the window shut? Maybe. He had 16 and 6 with two threes. I feel confident about his rebound number staying pretty high, but what he was doing was always going to fall away. He was you know, ranked top 24 before today. He's going he's to fall. He's going to come back outside the top 50 at some point. Another game, another uh, another situation where Jordan Poole doesn't play 30 minutes. 17, 2, and 5. Hasn't hit 30 in any games. He's still been fine. He hasn't been great, but he's been fine. But this is almost exactly mirroring what happened when he played with Stephen Clay last season. And I think we should have been probably more aware of that this season. I thought that they would find a way to get him 30 even when those two played. Hasn't been remotely the case. Like 17, 2, and 5 is totally fine. And he's still, you don't drop him or anything. But the upside's not really hitting at the moment. Kaminga was on the outside of the rotation looking in. He's been really bad most of this season. Well, Jim Wiseman, 12 and 3 with two blocks. Love that he got the two blocks. He's only playing 17 minutes. I don't think there is minutes upside here. I don't think they're going to turn the starting position over to Wiseman at any point over Looney. But we hold him for this week because of the schedule. How about my man, Moses Moody? When you look at Modi, Moody, Modi, Moody, 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 Moody. I think he's really good. And it was baffling to me that they kept him out of the rotation for the first few games of the season. 24 minutes, 13 and three, three blocks of steal and two threes. I wouldn't say that you'd add him in 12 team leagues because there's just no path for that upside. Probably not even 14 or 16, but I'm watching it. I'm really watching to see where they put him. He is better than Dante DiVincenzo and Kaminga and Wiseman and everyone on that bench unit that's not named Jordan Poole. So just keep an eye to see what they do with his minutes. Only 17 minutes for Looney in this one, while Jermichael Green went scoreless in 16 minutes. Remember, his first night was pretty good, and they're starting to yeah, realize that maybe he's not that good. For the uh, Suns, Devin Booker continues to be great. 34 minutes, 7 assists, 3 threes, 3 steals. He's been awesome this season. Like He's really repaying that faith that people had in the mid to early second round, doing it great. Also, a good game from Chris Paul. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, and 4 threes for CP3. Good to see him finally start to take some shots. Um, and it's awesome. And Mikael Bridges. Now, this is unsustainable the other direction. 88% shooting, 17 and 6 with one steal and two blocks. Now, he'd struggled before this, and we know that his upside's not particularly high, but it was good to see a game where the shots went in like that. Eight and only 25 minutes. He did have some foul trouble. Um, Jock Landau played really well behind him. Just 16 and 14 for 18. Uh, sorry, 16 and 14 is really good in only 25 minutes, but... He seemed to get pulled after a poor shot attempt at one point in the fourth quarter, and they went with Landau, who was great. 17-7, clear backup, two blocks. If Aiton gets hurt, everyone adds Landau. Just burn that into your heads. If anything happens to Aiton, you add Landau immediately. Damian Lee cooled off five points, while Cam Johnson... Okay, here's the thing with Cam Johnson. 9-5-2 is really bad. 27% shooting is really bad. But Monty Williams lied to us. He's going to play minutes in the mid-20s. Okay, Monty. He played 33 here, and that's what we need to focus on. 33 minutes... He was a plus 26, and he shot 27%, which included one of six on threes. He's a better three-point shooter than that. If he goes three of six on threes, we're talking about a 15-5-2 and two line, and it looks pretty bloody good. Do not cut bait on Cam Johnson. Do not drop Cam Johnson. Buy low on Cam Johnson. The minutes are there. The roll is there. The shots just aren't going in, and they will. Now, his upside's not particularly high unless someone gets hurt, but things are there. Like, he is going to put up numbers, and he is going to be significantly better than this. Before we get on to the lines of the night, just a quick, um, a quick shout out from uh, a Twitter user who told me today that 
he used to listen to this show with his dog, Cleo, and he had to put Cleo down today after 12 years. So uh, Kaiser JR04, I'll just give you a quick shout out because anything about dogs, ever since I got Obi, it's just so sad. And the fact that you and Cleo used to sit and listen to this show together, dogs like the weirdest things. Um, I know it's going to be hard for you, man. And I you know, wish you all the best in dealing with that, that loss. So just, I don't know, that just really touched me and they sent me a nice little photo of uh, of Cleo tomorrow, who is a uh, a Blazers fan. So uh, yeah, hopefully you're getting through it okay and it's not too difficult for you. All right, lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is Shea Gildas Alexander. Easy one there. The waiver wire line of the night is Will Barton. I'm not biting on that one. Number, well, the young gun of the night is Trey Murphy. Yeah, add him. And the dud of the night is Lou Dort. Yeah, he's, he's not that good, I don't think. And with Shea back, his value resides at the back end of what you do. So see you later. Top 10 players for Category League. Shea was at one. I don't know why I wrote it. Shale there. That's annoying. Two is Luka Doncic. Three is Devin Booker. Four was Ivica Zubats. Then Chris Paul at five. Trey Murphy at six. Will Barton at seven. Mikhail Bridges at eight. Draymond Green, nine. And Boyan Bogdanovich at number 10. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues was um, number one, Will Barton. Cool. Trey Mann, yeah, short term, no worries. Dyson Daniels, we keep an eye on that. Bob Covington, maybe on Thursday. Um, five, Denny Avdia, nice 14-team leaguer. Number six, Jose Alvarado, if you need steals and those guys remain out. Number seven is Landau, just watch that. Dillon Wright, well, let's watch his injury. Number nine is Mike Muscala, and 10 is Aaron Wiggins. And your top 10 players in points leagues, I did it again. Number one, Shale, Shale apparently. Shea, Gildas Alexander, two is Luka Doncic, three is Devin Booker, four is Zubats, five is Steph, six is Trey Mann, seven, Chris Paul, eight, DeAndre Ayton, nine, Mikhail Bridges, and number 10 was Draymond Green. And that, guys, will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments below and subscribe. Of course, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.